in a time like now where there's so much stress on so many different things, optimism is the only thing that we can lean on. Because if we're optimistic about where things are going, we then understand that our pursuit is all that matters. Hi, I'm Brett Gornick, and you are entering a world gone good. Well, hello, and welcome to World Gone Good. My name is Steve, and I am so happy you've decided to come and have a good time with me. Now, I'm supposed to tell you to subscribe to this podcast and download the podcast and share the podcast, and I'm supposed to promote, promote, promote. Um, Here's the deal. If you want to subscribe, download, share, and spread the good, please do. It is so appreciated, but truthfully, I'm just happy to have you here right now. Okay, so who needs a little inspiration today? Let me take you back to how I first found my inspiration. I was 17 years old. It was right before my senior year of high school. And my dad got a brand new job and moved us across the country from our small town of Randolph, New Jersey, all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. Everything changed. And it all happened because my dad took a chance on himself and for himself and his family. This was the moment of inspiration for me, the one that shaped my life for years to come because I learned to keep going. I learned that you're never too old. My dad was 50, 50 years old when he took that job. I just turned 50 and I learned whether it's a job or a relationship or a friendship, if it's not inspiring to you, then why are you still in it? Today, we're exploring inspiration in the form of making change, taking chances, making goals, and finding the good in how we can spend our day every single day. We're joined by my pal, Brett Gornick from Live Better. Now, Brett is a lot like us, right? He grew up in what he calls the norm. It starts with kind of growing up in the norm. So for me, everybody has their norm or their standard or where they came from and what was expected of them. And for me, it was do well, stay out of trouble, get good grades, go to college, get a job. I was raised by a businessman as my dad and a nurse as my mom. And all I ever knew were those two professions. So I just thought that you go to school, you get the best degree possible. Both of them has master's degrees and higher level education. And I just thought that that was, that was all you could do. So he goes to college, meets his future wife, graduates, and starts working in corporate America. He is on his way. So I find a job in Chicago working for Walgreens Corporate, which was a big shift because that place was terrible. Uh, it was the most corporate environment. It was, it, it was just depressing. I mean, it was like the movie office space. It was like, up, oh, somebody's coming to your desk at five, and you're going to be there till nine working on a nonsensical project that has no means to an end. And it is crazy. Like, I just like, how does this company exist? It's a hundred year old business, Fortune 50 company, and I still don't even know how it makes money. Um, and so I was like, this is not for me. Now, what happens when you realize this is not for me? For Brett, it was reconnecting with an old friend from college, his friend Jason, at a party of a mutual friend where they had met for the very first time years earlier. Crazily enough, and this is just like very like Alchemist, which is my favorite book of of this is we were at 
that same, my same friend's party years after school when I had just moved back to Chicago and I saw Jason and I was like, I hadn't seen him in maybe two years. And I walked up to him like, dude, how you been? And he just looked tired and like, Jason's a really bubbly, just like super nice guy. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm crushed. And I was like, what do you, what does that mean? And so Jason went to school for accounting. Uh, he was working in a public uh, top four accounting firm. And, you know, during busy season, you're working seven days a week. So this is a Saturday night. And he's like, I got to go into work tomorrow. I'm like, what is that even? Why? And so we link up and I'm like, dude, I'm starting something. I've been doing some personal training. I'm actually thinking about starting this protein bar. I was like, let's go eat. Let's go out to dinner. Like we haven't chatted in a while. So we go out to dinner that dinner what we thought would be a one-hour conversation we closed down the restaurant and that was five years ago and so ever since that day we just connected and we linked up and we're like yo let's do this he helped me like formalize the protein bar he wanted a train so i showed him the certification i got he went and got a certification he knew a guy that was a big trainer in chicago so we started to get mentored by him and then just one thing led to another to the point where we were like, okay, we're going to start a business and we're going to have a vision and we're going to create this idea. And that started as a protein bar, developed into a podcast, developed into a newsletter, developed into training people one-on-one, developed into seven, now 10 retreats all around the world in places like El Salvador, Nicaragua, Canada, Mexico, virtually during this time. And it's just continued to grow and to flourish into so many cool opportunities. And, um, it's funny to see people that I knew in college now because I was a way different person then. And it's also really interesting just to see how connections can lead to so many cool things. And when you just start putting one foot in front of another and you really pursue what it is that you care about, you can make it happen. And now this is my full-time gig. I'm in my office right now, which we've had for over a year, which has got live better stickered all over it, a podcast studio, uh, filming studio. Like, I mean, it, you know, it's a thing. We have a full-time employee. Um, it's, it's a real business now. And so it's really cool to see it develop. It takes a lot of time. Uh, I definitely work more now than I did at my actual nine to five job, but it's, it's not work. It's just, it's a lot of enjoyment and fun. And it's, it's a really, really cool, awesome opportunity to help people live their best lives and do so through a wellness perspective. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. Steve, I have rent and a car payment and student loans and I need healthcare and you promised me inspiration and this isn't inspiring. How do I pay my bills and how do I find my career happy place? I get excited when I, I get like this. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. So let's find out how we do it. Step one I always tell people is think about how hard you work right now at a job you don't love. And take a step back and think about how hard you'll work at something that you do love. And when people think about that, they go, well, shit, I, I work at a job right now that even if you like it, if you don't love it, just think about the discrepancy in effort. Like you might feel like you're giving it your best, but imagine running a marathon and then I took a 20 pound weight vest off. You didn't know it was on there. And then you run another one, like how much easier it would be. And I think that that's step one. And then I think step two is understanding optimism. In a time like now where there is so much stress on so many different things, 
optimism is the only thing that we can we can lean on because if we're optimistic about where things are going we then understand that our pursuit is all that matters and in regards to tactfully pursuing something that you want to do with your life i don't push everybody i coach into quitting their job because i don't think that that's what everybody really wants if somebody does want that like if somebody is striving for their own business then we'll coach towards that but if somebody wants to be a ceo or if somebody wants to be the lead sales rep and they enjoy their environment and they got great people around them and they actually enjoy the content of their job not only do they say oh what do you like about your job well i like the people well do you actually like what it is that you're doing and if that's the case well we're going to work towards that i think it starts with a couple different things it starts with that understanding that when we work at something we love, we're gonna work way harder. We're gonna have way more passion for it. Um, and then the other thing is something that you kind of alluded to is just like, we have to be able to understand that we are in control and the thought of financial success being the only thing that we strive towards is, I mean, we live in a capitalist society, so that's been you know thrown down our, our throats since trying to be number one in your high school class because that means something. To understanding that we can find that financial like freedom or whatever when we do what we love because we understand that we actually need less. Um, there, uh, one of my favorite authors too that wrote a really cool uh, like blog post that's been around forever. His name's Kevin Kelly. He it's called A Thousand True Fans. He just put out a he just turned I think like sixty four or sixty five, and he just put out this cool little article. It was like sixty four pieces of unsolicited advice. And one of the pieces of advice pretty much gears around, he's like, when you're young, you should live the most minimalist lifestyle for a year, like literally live in a tent off beans and rice. And then when you're done with that year, you'll realize that if that is the worst, if that's the, the worst that can be, you're going to be okay. And I thought about that at the beginning of this lockdown because I was living at uh, I lived for a, a little bit of time, actually, where you and I really like linked up. I was out of my in-laws basement <laughs> training my clients virtually because the city was a little bit sketchy. We didn't know what was going on. And I thought about that article came out during that time. And I thought, if this is the worst, if I lose everything, if all my clients are on the same plane and it crashes, and if the internet breaks down and you know, somebody takes our trademark and we lose it all, this is where I'll be right here. And obviously that I'm, you know, that's a pretty privileged place to be able to like live with family and we don't all have that. But for me, I thought, okay, this is the worst that can be. I'm in a great spot. And so I thought about that for people that are trying to start their thing. Like think about what the worst is. The worst case scenario for most people is they put their job on a resume website or they go work at a coffee shop or something and they can live. You can live off so, so, so little. And so if we realize that, or most people that quit their job could probably go back to the job that they worked at. If you understand that, then you realize that you're really not going to, you can't fall that far. And I will guarantee that most people won't fall that far. And even if they do, if you live, uh, uh, one of the other things I was researching during this time was just the understanding of some, some like elderly wisdom and the two pieces of advice that came up the most or the two things that people regretted the most in life for people that had lived to be a hundred. I was doing a study on that is that they didn't spend enough time with their loved ones 
and that they didn't love the job that they had. Those are like the two main things. And so I'm thinking about that being like, if you don't love what you're doing for the eight, 10 hours a day that you're working, you are wasting so much time. So I would rather be 80 or 90 or 150 looking back saying, I tried, I gave everything I could to this. And I now know that even if it didn't work, even if every pursuit you ever had failed miserably, you at least tried. For me, that's so much better than just working a job, putting money into a 401k and retiring at 65 to finally doing what you do, what you want to do. So when people ask me that, I'm just like, you'll work harder than you ever thought you will. There's, there's not that fall to fall. There's not that far to fall. And we all have opportunity when we think optimistic because we can make anything that turns negative, quote unquote, into something that's a learning. And that's all we're ever doing. And if we just live this passive lifestyle, we live in regret and our own self-talk is in our head. We all have a childhood intuition of something that we want. And it's just those that choose to really, really pursue it that I think actually find success, whatever success means to them. You know, it's interesting you say all this and uh, again, because when I was leaving my job in 2012 um, and I announced it in a meeting and I already told the bosses and they said, oh, yeah, go ahead and announce it, whatever. And um, one of my coworkers stepped in my office and looked across the room at me and he goes, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're not going to have health care. What do you do if you get sick? You're not going to have health care. Yep. And I just yep. looked at him and I said, how do you know I don't have health care? And he's like, he goes, well, I'm just saying, you're not going to have this healthcare and you're not going to have a 401k. What's your plan for your, what are you going to do to retire? And this is, I wrote this down a long time ago. This is what came out of my mouth. I said, I'm quitting this job because I'm done quitting myself. I just got chills. <laughs> so you guys have a whole thing about goals because I follow you guys. I follow both of you um, and I follow your, 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 your company as well on Instagram. And you guys talk about goals a lot. So talk to me about some goals because goals are, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm like you. I have two day planners. I'm a crazy person when it comes to writing shit down. So talk to me about goals. Goal setting has been something that has provided me more opportunity than anything else. And when I think about goal setting, um, we just, we just took, launched our first really like digital course and it's it's been going amazing we we take people through it in groups so that every single week we have a call with everybody that's going through it it's a six-week course and it's interesting because we save goal setting for the end and the reason that we do that and this has been a self-realization for me even though i've been setting goals for years was i had to think about what got me to set the first goal that i actually knew I would accomplish. And it was a few things first. Um, step one of it is reset. So we, we clear off the slate, right? We get the whiteboard clean, we clear our homes and we give ourselves space to just be finally clear. Then from there, we come up with a couple different things. We like create our, our values and our first principles. And what we think about that is like, what do we stand for? If somebody was to say your name, what would what would you want them to say about you? And we start to think like, you have to live that way. And once we can do that, then we can set up guidelines. So it's like, if I want to be known as a goal setter, for example, then I need to have guidelines, or we call them first principles, 
set in stone so that if something happens, I know I will fall into setting a goal or being known as a goal setter or having that be part of me. And then from there, then we can go into actually setting a goal because I think that people will set goals. Let's, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to, you know, run a marathon or I want to be a better father with no really understanding of the why. And my, my, one of my other favorite books, my favorite author is Simon Sinek and he has a book, Start With Why. It's my favorite TED talk. He's other books that, that I love of his are like Leaders Eat Last and The Infinite Game. Those are just some classics. And he starts with why. And we can really understand our why. Then and only then are we going to set goals that are actually something we want to do. A lot of people set goals and goal setting is great. And after we've done that, we can then set real goals that are like actionable and measurable. And, you know, there's the term SMART goal and all these different things. And I love those, those acronyms and those terms. And so when we set goals, we, we do all that pre-work. And then from that state, we can say, let's set a goal that we actually care about. And so I've been setting goals for a while. My first real big goal that I set was about three years ago. It was after one of our retreats. And I was like, you know what? I want to set a goal to be able to do a handstand. It's something that I really want to do. And, I, and I'm not good at it. I'm nervous about it. I'm not really that strong in my upper body. And so I, I was like, I'm going to practice 10 minutes a day for the month of November. I'm going to go, that's my goal, 10 minutes a day to do it. And after literally day 28, I stuck my handstand. And I was like, this is incredible. I was like, it was about consistency. It wasn't about intensity. I didn't have to go two hours a day. I didn't have to go to 15 different workshops. I just looked it up, saw some exercises, and I was going to practice 10 minutes a day. So that got me excited. And then I was like, all right, now I'm going to set monthly goals. And since that date, I've, I've put it on my Instagram. I have a binder of literally I'm old school. I have a white sheet of paper with Sharpies and I write different goals down. And then it's developed for me years after years to have yearly goals and then to have a longer term vision and then to break them down month by month. And it's like, you know, we work through these, these different settings of setting a, a macro goal and breaking it down into a mezzo and then a micro, which is the day to day. And then I've set some like bigger physical goals. Like I wanted to run a marathon and I was like, okay, I want to make this. I don't want to just finish. That's not me. So I was like, I'm going to set out the goal of running it. My first marathon ever. I've never run more than a 10 K at sub three hours, which is like a 651 mile. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to do this. And so I set up the plan. I reversed engineered it and said, this is the date I have to do this. Here's three races along the way. If I track this way, I'll be able to do it. And so I set the time and that was last year and I was able to accomplish that. And it was just like really cool to see that physical side of things. And then I set a lot of other goals in regards to relationships, business, give back, um, all sorts of different categories that I set on a month to month basis. And I think the coolest thing about it is to see the goals that you finish and you also see the goals that you don't and to learn from those that you didn't finish to say, what was the reason? Was it structure? Did I really just not care about that goal? Was it something that was too hard? And you just learn from that. And so I always learn so much from the goals that I don't accomplish, but I also learn a lot from those that I do because I realize that the structure and the consistency is the most important piece to that. Um, and so I think it's really important to set the state of mind first and then put it down. And then the big keys for me is write things down, share with friends, get a community that's, that's in it with you. Um, and be vocal about those things to other people, because if you get social support, you're so much more likely to do it. If you write it down, you're seven times more likely to do it. It's like these things work. 
And once you're clear on it, once you actually care about what you're doing, you have so much more to do. Some of my goals are as simple as, um, and I'm looking over it right now, not leave the kitchen counter as filthy as I leave it every single day this yep. week. Yep. <laughs> and Keep. that's an easy goal. That's Keep an easy up. goal. Yeah. So um, I'm going to close with three questions that I ask everybody. You can answer them any way you want. Okay. Question number one, who inspires you? Oh, wow. I love this because every person I ask this question goes, oh, wow. Or, oh, goes, wow. or lets out a breath like, ah. Uh, I'm going to say, can I give multiple people? Of course you can. Uh, business, uh, Simon Sinek. No, I, I love his just thought on, on business. Um, drive, Kobe Bryant. Um, compassion in life, my wife, uh, and then cuteness, my dog. I knew you were going to get your dog in. <laughs> He's sitting right next to me. He's you there. know, I knew you because well, we both, because when I was training with yeah, you, we I, have, dogs I have right my there. three, I have my three walking yeah. through constantly. And you're yeah. like, which one's that? Which yeah. one's that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number two, tell me something good. That today's the best day ever. Oh, it's so good. And the easiest question of all, where can people find you? Where can people find your company? And where can people start living a better life with you guys? Yeah, you can find my personal Instagram account. It's just Brett with one T underscore Gornick, G-O-R-N-I-K. Our Instagram for my business is Live Better Co, Live Better C-O. And our website is livebetterco.com org everything is on there from our mindset course if you live in chicago we we're doing some cool group stuff around here we do a lot of really cool stuff we run retreats all that but obviously that stuff has been sidelined during this but once we can get open we'll be back down in el salvador hopefully the beginning of next year uh, but reach out to we you, uh, one of my favorite things about social media that probably is was the intent but is not the way it's used is to actually connect with people. Um, I DM my people that follow me all the time. Um, I strike conversation. I ask what I can do to help. And I just literally love to talk to people. I have at any given moment, 50 to a hundred DMS of, of people that I'm, that I'm connecting with and it turns into great conversation. So I actually just like love to, to really use it for its purpose. So hit me up. Thank you, Brett, for spreading some good here on World Gone Good. I hope all of you listening are feeling a little inspiration of your own today. Oh, and hey, Live Better is planning their next retreat in El Salvador for later next year, and he promises me he will teach me how to surf. Who wants to come with? Next time on World Gone Good. Yes! I, had you, I had you mailed me a goddamn cake. I <laughs> I love that. I was you, like, now that's, I, that's somebody who likes your stuff when they have you mail and stuff to say. And it wasn't cheap, y'all. It's going to be a world gone sweet when Pashawn Wilson Ashley from Mama Auntie's Vegan Goodies joins me to talk about living your dream one vegan cake at a time. I hope you'll be there. Until then, be good. <laughs> <laughs>